0: Back to thinking Time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much Of what it used to be There's so much hatred War and poverty Oh before they pass away Wake up all the builders Time to build a new land I know
1: Thank you for joining us today Hello everyone Welcome to the Re, Re, Re radio show On the CWR Talk Network I am your host Joanne Burrell, thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. The opening music that you heard was Wake Up Everybody by Teddy Pendergrass. I would like to recognize the other hosts of the CWR Talk Network, and if you would like to listen to other shows to learn about our other topics visit the website at www.cwrtalknetwork.com. That's www.cwrtalknetwork.com. If you would like to sign up for our newsletter, go to the website and select the orange subscriber button to receive the newsletter on a regular basis to stay on top of the important topics that's discussed here at the CWR Talk Network. You can listen to my show, the Read, Read, Read radio show, every third Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also listen to the show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and when available, Amazon Alexa. Today's topic is seeking mentors and why mentoring is important. Our guest today is Dr. Joe Martin, who will join us in our main segment. Mentoring is a long-term term relationship where the focus is on supporting the growth and development of the mentee. A mentor is a source of wisdom teaching, and support. It is also a way to make a positive impact on our youth today, as well as a young person in the community, as well as their future. Now, Dr. Martin, uh, we would like to start this segment by getting you involved, and let me first introduce you. Dr. Martin, Dr. Martin is a professor, Dr. Joe Martin holds a doctorate, degree in curriculum development, plus a master's degree in communication. Dr. Martin has worked as a trainer for a Fortune 500 company for both the state and federal government in the field of public relations, including a position as communication director for the Florida Governor's Office. In spite of being reared in one of city ghettos in Miami, Florida, Dr. Dr. Joe Martin started his first business at the age of 22 and his second at the age of 26. Professor Martin became the youngest tenured Ernie Balcatee member ever hired to teach at a state university in Florida at the age of 24. He's now regarded as the educator's motivator and the educator's educator, and the country's leading expert on new teacher retention and student motivation issues. Dr. Martin is a visiting professor and educational consultant, and he lectures more at more than 60 college campuses a year. Thank you so much, Dr. Martin, for being with me today. I am so happy to have you here. Let's get- Thanks, Joanne, for
2: having me on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Now, the purpose of the show is to get students to read more. Give me your perspective on some of the things that we can do to get students to read more.
2: Well, as an educator myself, um, I tell uh, when we do workshop with parents, we said that one of the best ways to get your kids to read more is for you to read more. If they see how much you're reading, especially if they're younger kids, they're they're going to want to spend time with you and be in your presence. So if they catch you reading, they're going to probably more than more than likely interrupt you if they're younger. But you can include them on the reading. But the best way to motivate anybody is by being a great example.
1: I agree. Um... And that's the whole purpose of this radio show, is to help parents to be more involved with their students, but most of all is to get, to get students to read more. And if we just follow your example, uh, to be examples for our children, that'll be helpful in to getting them to read more. Um, and what is some of the, um, what, is some, what is something that, you could tell us about uh, mentoring our children. What is the well? As far is? as that we
2: know, that is probably um, next to being a teacher and a parent. I think is the third most important job in the world, um, which is to mentor and or I like to use the word, the term the biblical term disciple um, children. Um, and so, to me, it's the third most important job in the world. The great thing about mentoring, though, is that you actually get to pick who you're mentoring. When you're teaching, teacher, first of all, as a parent, you can't pick your child. <laughs> when you're a teacher, you can't pick your class. But when it comes to being a mentor, you can decide who you're going to take on and who you're going to put under your wing and to help. So to me, mentoring is the third most important job in the world, I think, personally. I
1: agree. I agree. Um, sometimes I think it will even be helpful for parents to have mentors because uh, many times some parents just don't know how to get their children motivated to to do better, um, despite the examples that, that are being set for them. And uh, in our communities, uh, in low income with low income backgrounds, they're still lagging behind uh, their white and wealthy peers, even though the graduation rates are increasing. They still need that extra push. And I think mentoring would be a great way to get uh, our students motivated to, to do more uh, in, the ed, in with their education. So also, can you tell me, what are some, some of the ways that parents could, could reach out to others to get mentors for their, their children?
2: Well, the easy way, um, I believe, um, to, for a parent to, to get someone to mentor, I, it's my, I call it a two-step approach. It's um, compliment and invite. And that's it. You compliment and invite. And if I'm, you know, whether you're a dad or a mom, it doesn't really matter. But if, let's say you're having a hard time reaching your child or connecting with your kid, uh, what you do is you go out and you start recruiting. You start keeping your eyes, e- and your eyes and ears open and looking for people who you respect and you admire. And now we're going to assume that you've already had some people in your sight to do that. And what I would do as a parent, or what I suggest parents do, especially if they're a single mom and they, they're and they have a son and they're looking for a mentor for their son, is to compliment the man. Now, first of all, you got to use discretion because one, um, <laughs> let him know. That, especially if he's with his wife or with another female, um, you make sure that you respect that female that's in front of him. But if you go up to him and compliment him on, "Wow, I just and I just saw you." Um, I've been watching you with your daughters and or with your son, and I'm very impressed with how you relate to him and how patient you are with him. Um, I'm a single mom. I, I have a son. And I was wondering, is it possible that um, if I can arrange for you to uh, maybe answer some questions that my son may have um, about manhood, I mean maybe about 10 or 15 minutes of your time. So what I just did is I complimented him, and then I invited him or engaged him, to um, to react or respond and reply to my son. And typically, if you ask a man that, if you compliment him, one, his ego is going to be stroked, and he, he's going to feel pretty good about himself. Uh, I would say 99.9% of the time, I still haven't seen anybody who turned me down, um, they're going to say, yeah, sure, I'll do that, especially if you put a time limit on it. Um, please, I'm talking about maybe 10 or 15 minutes of your time. Now, it can go less than that, but try not to go over that and unless they give you permission to go over that time frame. So I'm hoping that helps a little bit.
1: Yeah, that is very helpful, um, because so many of our young men are without fathers, and it's difficult for mothers to reach out to others, to seek mentors for their their sons. So that was very helpful. Right now, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
3: Hi, my name is Matthew Pinsker. I'm a historian, and here are some things you need to know to sound smart about the 19th Amendment. The 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the one that guaranteed women the right to vote, was ratified in 1920. But the truth is women had been voting in American elections for long before that. In the early years of the Republic, for example, there were some places where women voted, in the state of New Jersey until 1807. But in most cases, women were denied the right to vote in the 19th century. They started agitating for the right to vote openly and in public in the late 1840s and early 1850s after meetings in places like Seneca Falls in New York. During the Civil War period, women were involved in the fight against slavery and the fight to save the Union. After the Civil War, leaders like Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony thought that their fight to end slavery would get them included in the amendments like the 14th Amendment and the 15th Amendment that guaranteed the rights to former slaves. And they lost. It was a devastating blow to their cause. And so they reorganized themselves in a long campaign for suffrage. Sometimes they did this on a state-by-state or territory-by-territory basis, especially effective out West. Then there were women led by Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton who organized the National Woman Suffrage Association. They were fighting to change the constitution. Sometimes they fought in the courts. They actually tried to vote. Susan B. Anthony got herself arrested at one point doing that. Ultimately, these fights converged at the beginning of the 20th century and during the era of World War I. There was a serious campaign to try to change the constitution. They had what they called silent sentinels posted outside the White House with protest signs. Those silent sentinels were arrested by municipal authorities and imprisoned it was uh, a stark moment in the history of women's rights, women being imprisoned, and in some cases, forced fed Eventually, women gained the right to vote in states like New York. They convinced Woodrow Wilson to support women's suffrage. And finally, by 1919, the Congress had endorsed, after much struggle, this proposed amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And women began voting wholesale across the country, in the presidential election of 1920.
1: Welcome back to Read, Read, Read with your host, Joanne Burl on the CWR Talk Network. those of you who are just joining us. This is the Read, Read, Read radio show, and we're talking with Dr. Martin, the educator motivator. Now, Dr. Martin, um, you've also uh, talked about, uh, which is, I guess it's kind of related to this show, but I wanted you to touch on uh, teacher retention. I know that's one of the things that you do. And I want to be able to uh, offer that advice to maybe a superintendent or principal that may be listening to that show. Is this something that you could tell us about teacher retention?
2: Well, teacher retention, that's when I did my dissertation working on my doctorate. It was about um, teacher retention. And the question I really wanted to know is because we typically, the, the numbers are about, we lose about 47% of teachers teachers within the first three to five years of teaching. And typically within the first those first um, three to five years, 66% of teachers change schools. So could you imagine if that those numbers were related to students, that within the first five years of school, we lose losing 47% of students, or 66% of students are changing schools, we would say we have a crisis. So I decided to do um, some research. On teacher retention, but the angle I wanted to come from was not the fact of why we're losing them, and there's some reasons why we're losing them, and I'll give you that in a second, but I also wanted to know why the good teachers were staying, because regardless of wherever you go in the country, whether it's a good school district or a bad school district, some you have some teachers who are leaving, you have a majority of teachers who are leaving, but then you have a certain few who's been there forever, and they are awesome teachers. So I want to know why the good ones stand, not just why the dissatisfied teachers are leaving. But in speaking to your point, I'll give you the three um, top reasons that we discovered in our research, which um, superintendents are not um, probably um, unaware of this. But the third reason is probably one that's most shocking, at least it was for me when I was doing my research. The number one reason why teachers leave the profession within the first three to five years is due to a lack of support. And they're not getting administrative support, and what they mean by that is that they feel like they are thrown into a classroom, and they don't, and then they're not heard from again, and nobody is assisting them, and showing them how to deal with the students in their classroom. And the second reason why most teachers leave the school system within the first three to five years, they say, due to unrealistic expectations. And as you know, we're in a society now, especially in our American education system, where test scores are paramount if your if your school is not producing um, the, the right test scores high enough test scores that can affect your funding. And so they feel like they're under a lot of pressure to teach to the test that if they don't um, if their students don't do well on the tests, they're gonna be punished for it or they're not gonna get their pay raise or merit increases and that kind of stuff. So you got lack of support, unrealistic expectation. Also with with that unrealistic expectation, they don't feel there's enough time to meet those expectations. So a lack of support, unrealistic expectations. But well, here's the third reason that kind of surprised me when I did the research is the uh, third reason why teachers leave the profession within the first three, three or five years, most of them do, is because of other negative teachers. And that was surprising me. Um. that basically they're saying because of the attitudes of the teachers who they're working around, um, teachers who don't like the children, the teachers who just come there just for the paycheck, the teachers who are complaining about everything, the teachers who um, don't want to work and collaborate and work together. Um, those kind of reasons. And I was kind of surprised by that because I didn't know – because when you think about those top three reasons, guess what wasn't mentioned? You didn't hear um, student behavior, which we know a lot of – that's a tough challenge with a lot of teachers. That didn't yes. make the top three. Teacher pay yes. didn't even make the top three. And we know that teachers don't get paid enough. And so – and lack of parent involvement is another thing teachers complain about, but it didn't make the top three. Just lack of support, unrealistic expectations – and as well as other negative teachers, so I was kind of surprised by that that third one, but that's what I do with teacher retention. We address those issues.
1: And you know most of the times when you're at meetings with our superintendents or principals or the school on a the whole, they they're always emphasizing that they need parent support, um, student behavior is you know it's something that Uh, affecting school attendance and school attitudes every day. And just by what you were saying, none of those things made it to the top three of why teachers are not staying on a regular basis at schools. Right. Okay. So one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests is how to get students to read more but we're going to take a break and we're going to come back because we're coming up to the end of the show so let's take a quick break and we'll be right back
2: Being bullied online, you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
0: Today, Today we decided, decided to, to, walk to walk to school. To school. So the light, light counted. 15, 14. 41, 31 I mean
3: thirteen.
0: We, we took, took a left, left on, on Carroll Street. Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized I said, he forgot his homework. I hope I he doesn't have another bad day at school. school. When you can
2: see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to the Read, Read, Read radio show. Dr. Martin, we left and I wanted to... We left off with asking a question that we would like to ask all of our guests, and that is, what books would you suggest students to read to broaden their view?
2: Wow, that's like wow, that's a <laughs> that's an open question. There's a million books I would recommend.
1: It Ooh. is, but you have books that you could recommend that you've written yourself. So.
2: Well, I guess yeah. If I had to do that now, that makes it a lot easier for me to figure <laughs> out the books that I written.
1: Would...
0: <laughs>
2: There's a book that, um, that I wrote for my son when he was 12 years old. He's now 22, and it's called Are You the Man? And it's 201 Lessons I Wish My Father Would Have Taught Me. That's the subtitle of it. And it's a great book for, for kids to read because, one, it's me giving advice to my son, but also it's because it's broken up into 201 lessons, which means it doesn't read like a book per se because you can pick any chapter to start in. Because the premise of the book is what I learned as a man um, about work, about love, about women, about um, pursuing your purpose, about life. And so whatever they want to learn about, they'll get the best advice that um, I could give based on my successes as well as my failures. And so with that kind of book, and it also has a lot of my poetry in it uh, that I wrote since I was 12 up until I was a grown man, so it's an easy read, but it's a very um, powerful read because you're talking about life lessons I had to learn the hard way. And so I wrote that for my son because I always felt that something ever happened to me. Um, but when he, when he was younger, I wanted him to at least understand what his dad believed in and what he was about. So I guess I would recommend my own book, um, Are You the Man? The 201 Lessons I Wish My Father Would Have Taught Me. And the great thing about that, Joanne, is that that book is a hard copy book, but we actually give it away for free on our website for men, called realmenconnect.com. And so if anybody wanted to get a copy of that, they can download it, print it out, and have their kids read it or uh, read it to their kids.
1: Well, thank you for that gift to our listeners. You know, because a person is limited in what they can accomplish without good reading and comprehension, comprehension, comprehension skills. Therefore, helping parents, teachers, and other adults to help their children to have the skills they need to be better readers help them to improve their vocabulary and improve their understanding when they listen and I also was looking at some of your other books that you wrote that I would be interested in reading and one of them was study skills for high school students and when students just won't listen I know (laughs) that. I know that's one of the problems many of our uh, parents are having with their students. But could you touch on that book a little bit for us, uh, when students just won't listen?
2: Well, that book was written for, actually written for parents, but I've shared it with educators as well. Because I can't tell you how many times I get asked when I'm speaking, doing parent workshops or at school. um, They want to talk to me about their personal children. They'll say, yeah, Joe, I'm a teacher, but I have this teenager at my home, <laughs> and we, it's hard for us to communicate. I can't get them to listen. I can't get them to follow the advice that I'm giving. How do I do that? So what I decided to do was teach parents and as well as educators of how to communicate with your kids without lecturing your kids. So basically um, how to get kids who, who refuse to listen to, to listen is that you're not doing a lot of the talking. I, what I've outlined are 20 what I call power questions. And you can use them in different scenarios from uh, when your kid won't stop hanging around that bad influence or the kid is acting out at school. Don't lecture them, but if you ask the right question, you can get your kids to think for themselves. And that's what I try to do, especially with young adults or teenagers or high school kid age, is try to get them to think for themselves. So I'm really good at asking good questions. So what I did is I outlined the the 20 what I call power questions And also the rationale behind the question, why um, you should ask these questions. And also I give a scenario of how I use this either on a student or my own children.
1: (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We're now going to take our last break, and we're going to come back and close out the show.
0: Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book?
1: Well, welcome back to the Read, Read, Read radio show. The purpose of the Read, Read, Read radio show is to encourage students in economically challenged communities to read more. If you are a college student or high school student looking to encourage our youth and to be a mentor, please reach out to me at Read, Read, And if you are a student between the ages of 8 and 15 years old and would like a mentor and would like to be a part of our book club, please have your parents to reach out to me at my email address, read, 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 1619 at gmail.com. Thank you, Dr. Martin, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, and thank you for the gift of offering the book to our listeners, Are You the Man, 201 Lessons I Wish My Dad Would Have Taught Me. And would you like to give your information of how people could reach out to you?
2: Well, that's actually the best way to reach out to me. If they go to realmenconnect.com, not only can they download um, the book um, for free, um, they can reach out to me through email, social media, everything. Everything is all in that one spot, so it's easy to, to contact me through that site.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining us today. And join us every third Saturday here at the CWR Talk Network. listen to the Read, Read, Read radio show. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you with us again. Goodbye.